hands for life, especially supernatural life, that's sanctifying grace. When you see green vestments, we should all think grace, green grace. The readings in the collects of the masses after Pentecost are concerned principally with grace, sanctifying, actual, or apostolic grace. So we might think of the season after Pentecost as a particular season of grace. In the readings of the collects, we see grace giving life. We see it healing and strengthening. We see it growing and spreading in individuals and out across the world. And so the past few weeks, we've been looking at grace. Last week, we took a quick look at Adam's state before the fall. Let's review. The late, great theologian, Father Garagou Lagrange, tells us to think of a triple harmony when we're thinking of Adam in the state of original justice. A triple harmony. First, there was a perfect harmony between God and the soul, since God created the soul to know and love and serve him. Second, there was a perfect harmony between the soul and the body, since God created the body to serve the soul. The passions were totally under the control of right reason, illumined by the faith, and the will was strengthened by charity. The body was not subject to injury, sickness, or death. And third, there was a perfect harmony between the body of man and the rest of nature. Animals are docile and obedient to man who had dominion over them, and the earth brought forth crops without any hard labor. What held it all together? Grace, and especially the gift of integrity. But then came disaster, the original sin. Adam sinned, which meant that the state of original justice came to an end. Man fell into the state of fallen nature, the second of the three possible states of man in this life. The three possible states of man are the state of original justice, the state of fallen nature, and the state of restored nature. Okay, original justice, fallen nature, restored nature. So original sin destroyed the state of original justice, and man landed in the state of fallen nature. Now human nature is left to its own natural powers. Now it's lacking grace and the gifts. Remember that by own natural powers, heaven is totally out of reach. And to add to that particular disaster, once Adam had committed the original sin, hell was just plain slammed shut for all men. We'll take a closer look at that some other day. Anyhow, as if that isn't bad enough, that since the state of fallen nature is a sinful condition, now it's more difficult for a man to do good and avoid evil than if he'd never had the state of grace. Thanks a lot, Adam. Okay, so there's this triple harmony before Adam fell, but original sin destroyed that harmony. Original sin destroyed original justice, and so it caused the opposite situation, the state of disharmony. God let the punishment fit the crime. It's easy to see if we imagine a little diagram like this. We put God up here, and Adam right there, and right reason here, and the passions there, and the body there, and the rest of nature there. So God and Adam, reason and the passions, 
body, and nature. Okay? So what happens? God told Adam to obey. But Adam, the proper subject of God, said no. He rebelled against God. He rebelled against his right ruler. So God took away grace and the gifts. Adam had thrown it away. As soon as grace and the gifts were gone, then right reason had a rebellion on its hand. The passions revolting against right reason and nature revolting against the body. All that from Adam revolting against God. Adam against God, passions against right reason, and nature against the body. That's the state of fallen nature. Let's take a closer look. And it's really important for each of us to understand this. We'll see why later. First off, this rebellion of Adam against God caused the state of fallen nature. By turning away from God, man's fallen from grace. And this leaves him totally unable to obtain supernatural happiness. Why? Because as we know, supernatural life can only come from God. It can only come from God. And now man's supernaturally dead. He can't raise himself from the dead. So basically he's toast. Remember, without supernatural life, no one can live the life of heaven. No one. As if that's not bad enough, that's still not all. By rejecting God's merciful and loving rule, Adam has instead chosen to place himself in bondage to the cruel and miserable rule of Satan. So Adam's fall results in the loss of grace and also in mankind's bondage to Satan. Isn't that great? Thanks a lot, Adam. Okay, then we also have the passions against right reason and nature against the body. Those two rebellions were caused by Adam's rebellion. Why? Because Adam threw away, besides grace, the gifts of integrity, impassibility, and immortality. Okay, so nature against the body. What does that mean? Well, with the loss of the gifts of impassibility and mortality, it means man is now subject to hard work, to sickness, suffering, and death. It means, as we all know, crops don't just spring up, and animals are no longer simply obedient to man. Then, of course, we have passions against right reason. What does that mean? Well, losing the gift of integrity meant that man's powers were now in their natural condition. And you don't need me to tell you that the natural condition of our powers is disharmony. After Adam chucked the gift of integrity, man had problems in his intellect, with his will, and in his passions. We'll take a quick look at the damage. In the state of fallen nature, man's intellect has been darkened. From now on, man would have great difficulty in learning, retaining, and understanding truth. That's the damage in the intellect. How about the will? In the state of fallen nature, man's will has been weakened. From now on, man would suffer weakness in the face of evil. And his passions? With his passions, man has two problems. First, now it's actually hard for him to struggle for the good. But second, the problem, the real problem that messes everyone up on the natural level is concupiscence. Concupiscence. We'll take a moment to look at this problem. Now, concupiscence is a big $4 word that just means the rebellion of our passions against the order of right reason. It's the rebellion of our passions and sense appetites 
by conduct or thirst or anger in the case of our emotions against right reason. And guess what? If our sense appetites, like instead of being led by reason, if we're, if we're led by our sense appetites instead of being led by reason, where will we be led? You don't need me to tell you without the gift of integrity if we're led by our passions and reasons, or our passion instead of reason, we won't be led to heaven. That's the whole problem with concupiscence. It inclines us towards sin. We're rational creatures. We're meant to be led by our intellect and our will. That means in all our actions we're created to be led by the light of reason, illumined by the true faith, and governed by the gift of integrity. But when we're led by our passions or emotions instead of our reason, then we're being unreasonable. In fact, to the very degree that we're led by our passions, to that very degree we're no longer acting like men. To that very degree we're actually acting like beasts. But there's one huge difference. Beasts can't act below their nature. We need to burn this into our mind. Because of concupiscence, men in the state of fallen nature have a strong and disordered desire for sensual pleasures. Men in the state of fallen nature have a strong and disordered desire for sensual pleasures. What does that mean? It means that men naturally want to please themselves, even at the expense of others, even against the rule of reason. It means that men are naturally selfish. We're naturally selfish in spite of what all the pop psychologists, New Agers, Marxists, Barney, and other assorted confused people might say. We are naturally selfish. We have a strong and disordered desire for pleasure. It's a problem. It's a huge problem, and it's filling hell with souls. You young people, God expects your parents to do their very best to bring you up to be saints. Unfortunately, just like the rest of us, excepting, of course, the Blessed Virgin Mary, you've got a problem. You're messed up. That's why your parents have to use godly discipline over you. If they don't do that, if you get too rebellious or too lippy, there's a good chance you're not going to make it to heaven. I'm not picking on you. That's just the way it is. We're all suffering from the same problems. Your parents have to get your undivided attention and drive that out of you to the best of their ability. You can thank Adam. Now we can see why St. Thomas teaches that before the fall, Adam only needed grace to obtain eternal life. But we need grace to obtain eternal life, and we need grace to remit our sins, and we need grace just to support us in our weaknesses. In the state of fallen nature, we're actually far more dependent on God. We're really a mess. So let's sum it up. Among other things, when Adam committed the original sin, he threw away the state of original justice. He threw away supernatural grace. He threw away the gifts of integrity, impassibility, and immortality. He threw away friendship with God and chose bondage to Satan. Man landed in the state of fallen nature in which the intellect is darkened, the will is weakened, and man suffers 
from his passions rising up in rebellion against reason, a condition known as concupiscence. Man is now subject to hard work, suffering, sickness, and death. And to really top it off, heaven was totally closed to men, at least until Christ our Lord came to fix that. Great. Thanks a lot, Adam. Now, we don't want to make the mistake the Calvinists make. The state of fallen nature is not totally depraved. It's seriously wrecked, but it's not totally depraved. We have serious damage, but it's damage. It's not total depravity. Let's close with a few points to ponder. Think about what we already know. Before the fall, because of integrity, human nature was perfectly ordered. Man loved God above all things, and certainly more than himself. After the fall, because the gift of integrity was lost, human nature was disordered. Man's passions became disordered, his intellect became darkened, his wills weakened, and he has trouble struggling to do the good. Man now naturally tends toward selfishness to seek his own personal desires without thinking about the common good or about God. This cannot be fixed without grace. It cannot be fixed without grace. This is reality. This is the natural state of man. If the only thing I accomplished during my time in Kansas City is to get you to really see this and really absorb it, then I've actually really accomplished a huge amount. People don't get this. They don't see reality as it is. If you see man as he really is, then you'll be able to understand what precisely our Lord was doing and is doing in his church. You'll be able to understand what it is that the sacraments do. You'll be able to understand what's actually fundamentally wrong with our beloved country's culture and so-called government. We can't be fixed without grace, and grace only comes from Christ our Lord and nowhere else. Man now naturally tends towards selfishness, to seek his own personal desires without thinking of the common good and without thinking about God. It can't be fixed without grace. Given that, and given that Christ our Lord came to save us, ask yourself, what am I doing at the level of nature and at the level of grace? What am I doing to show our Lord I'm thankful for his love? What am I doing to overcome this natural tendency I've inherited from Adam? Let's beg God for the grace we need to overcome our selfishness with love for him, to clearly see our duties according to our state in life, and then to do them.